Alright, it is 9.29pm at night. I am... probably should have recorded this a long, long time ago, but I feel like I'm finally starting to unthaw as a person, and as myself, mentally and emotionally, and, well, <laughs> let's see. I started getting sick in the end of 7th grade, start of 8th grade. Um, I started having random pains, stomach issues. I mean, my whole life I've kind of had stomach issues, probably what we think is colitis. Um, but I decided, my body I guess, decided, no, we're going to ruin your entire high school career. And I got so sick in 8th grade, I lost so much weight out of nowhere. I was not trying to lose weight at all. I was bringing cookie dough to school every single day and eating it, desperately trying to keep the weight on, because I understand, I had an ass, I had boobs, I had hips, I had, I was confident, I liked my body, I was getting boys, I was liking my curvy body, and nope, guess my body didn't. So yeah, that was kind of my 8th grade year, it also, all of my friends dropped me, because I got sick. They were like, what the fuck is going on? And then, basically, it just... The summer, that summer was horrendous. Because we were trying to get me diagnosed. Trying to figure out what was going on. And everywhere we went, it was eating disorder. You need to eat. You need to eat. This is your fault. Um, to a point where the fall of my ninth grade year, I ended up in the hospital. And because I was still losing weight, even though I was eating, I was struggling. I was having major joint pain, just pain everywhere, nausea, vomiting. Hang on, I'm going to burp. But to a point where basically I ended up in the hospital. And the first night I remember, they brought me in. They gave me all, they tested me for everything. They ran my blood, ran my stool. They had me, they had hazmat suits on. Like they were ready. They're like, okay, she has the black plague. The next day, my labs came back, and they decided, nope, she has anorexia, and she needs to be here for six months in our eating disorder protocol program, where we're going to force her to eat, and only give her 30 minutes to eat every single time, and we're going to watch her eat, to a point where I actually kind of developed an eating disorder OCD around eating for the longest time, because I was so terrified to not eat lunch at noon, and not eat dinner at 5, and breakfast at 9, because that was what I was forced to eat in the hospital. And I was scared, oh my god, if I stray from this, you know, something's gonna happen to me. Even though throughout all of this, I was still in pain, still throwing up, still having really weird bowel movements, constant, major, major constipation, major, major pain. We actually had a colonoscopy done in the hospital because we finally were like, just do this on me since I'm here. And they were like, whatever. And it, I almost had to miss the day because I hadn't cleared out, even though I had two gallons of the liquid laxative to a point where they had to put through an NG tube through my nose because I couldn't keep drinking it through the night. Um, and I finally went clear the next day. And they're like, oh, I guess we'll finally, you know, because they were like, we're probably not going to be able to give you the colonoscopy now but they weren't investigating why maybe was i not shitting that's a problem anyways um and also during this time we had a house fire so we were rushing around with that we had moved into a rental house everything was disrupted in my life my entire life was thrown up in the air um and so 
I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. That's all I'd been diagnosed with so far. And my mom had that, and I was hyperthyroid, which means my metabolism was insane. But that was it. That could possibly explain the weight loss, but not any of the other pain, nausea, vomiting. I mean, a little bit, but nothing, like, concrete. So, let's see. Then, basically, it got to a point where we just decided I can't continue through high school. I actually went to a different high school where our rental house was for the longest time. It only lasted, I say the longest time, and then it only lasted, like, two weeks. Um, but at that, I love that school, and I wish, I wish that I never, I wish that I could have stayed. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. The pain was so bad all the time. The nausea, the, the fatigue... Um, to a point where we actually got me a medical marijuana card, and that did not help at all. So, anyways, I'm talking about this all, I'm prefacing all of this, because I only went to homecoming twice, and it was as a guest with my two friends, um, because they brought me. I never went on a date. I will admit, I've never kissed a boy. I've never, I mean, right now... The way my labs show is I don't even have any hormones because I'm so still so malnourished. My hormones are so low that I don't even want to kiss a boy or a girl or anyone. Um, but it's just, I missed out on prom, football games, the hype, the, the just the life of school, right? Like I missed out on that stuff. And for the last five years, I've just kind of kept moving because I've been in and out of hospitals, diagnoses, traveling because we had to go then to California to get diagnosed with Lyme disease. And then then I was on I was put on a Lyme disease protocol and a SIBO protocol. I was also given gastroparesis medication by a GI here. And when that didn't change anything, I was put in the hospital again, force-fed protein shakes, Kate Farms, and told and got an NG tube and was basically like, you need to eat. So I just kind of forced my way through it, got it got out of there. Um, and we kept we just kept investigating um, to a point where I was diagnosed with Lyme and we had to move to California temporarily to get me treatment because no places here in Washington treated pediatric Lyme patients or if they did the wait list was insanely long and I was dying and I know you're like Autumn that's a lot to say dying um, my lab showed that I was failing I looked like a skeleton I was sunken in I had to get a pick line and got immediate fluids I started doing immediate IV antibiotics I was still able to eat at that time somewhat, so I was able to sustain myself, but it was not good. Um, so my life has been pretty uprooted, and I, I've just kept my head down. I've kept moving. I haven't had time to sit and realize, holy shit, my life has changed drastically so much to a point. So then I got diagnosed with Lyme and all the co-infections. Treatment was brutal. I remember starting the antibiotics, and those three days when I would do my antibiotics, I would be, I called them, I called them the dark days. I wouldn't be on my phone. I would have to sit in my room in the dark, in the quiet, and not do anything. It was awful. It was so, so awful. And then my new, the next antibiotic I started, every time I took it, I would just, like, pass out. Like, I would have to just go to sleep after taking it. Um, and I would have the biggest headache, and then I would just go to sleep. Um, there's a really funny memory I actually have of my mom who so it was let's see I was doing my antibiotics and it was late at night and <laughs> somehow the saline bag had burst I don't even know how and so it and and I when I had my migraines I would have to like sit under a blanket in a cold room so that was usually the bathroom in our 
California apartment. And (laughs) so it basically was me sitting on the floor under a blanket connected to the IV while my mom was sitting on the bathroom kitchen, the bathroom, not kitchen, bathroom sink, holding it up in the air so I could do the drip IV. It was the stupidest thing in the entire world. And I remember just like being in so much pain, but like we were laughing because it was just one of those things you have to laugh at. But even then, like I hadn't, I, I, I hadn't really realized the magnitude of my circumstances of like, this is what we have to do to get me better. Like I'm not just whatever. So this continued, we stayed in California for about a year and a half. And the second, the first summer that we were there, I started to experience with my new antibiotics, Rocephin for Lyme, um, gallstones. And it was, I don't ever recommend anyone ever having gallstones, um, zero out of 10 experience, especially if you have, um, vascular compressions or, uh, blockage in your intestines. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so I had, so then we have that, there's a whole story along with that because one time... I'm getting off sidetracked, but there's so much stupid shit, like, so much things that you can look back and laugh at. Like, we were on the way to one of my lymphatic massages, which I was doing, and there goes the dogs. I wonder if you could hear them in the background barking. But anyways, and we ended up going to a gas station because I really had to go to the bathroom, and it turns out I passed a gallstone in the gas station, and it was, like, so freaking painful, and I come out of there, and the gas station employee was just like, you good? And I'm like, nope. (laughs) Because I'm so disheveled and in pain. Um, but anyways, so we started investigating, okay, is my gallbladder being messed up now? We did a HIDA scan. It showed it is actually showing, going really slow. Um, we went to a GI, and that was where he gave me a barium swallow scan at, on CT contrast. And that got me the diagnosis of SMAS, superior mesentery artery syndrome, which has led us all the way to the diagnosis of MALS, median arcuate ligament syndrome, and colitis. I'm getting out of myself. But anyways, through all of this, I had several friends that I still talk to on text, but all of my high school friends I don't talk to anymore. Um, and it's not their fault. Like, I don't want, I don't blame them. I, I don't need them to. I'm just saying, like, I lost connection with everything. During this time, I mean, there was COVID. People, I mean, then, I mean, I missed out on prom. I missed out on all this stuff because we were just, I was being sick. <laughs> um, so we ended up, I ended up being hospitalized last fall again, not this, like, last Halloween, um, for SMAS, and I got an NJ tube for eight months, and that was horrible, don't recommend, um, but, I mean, that didn't help, I mean, but through all of this, I still was just going through it, I hadn't realized how much I had lost, and how much I had missed out on, like, through all of this, it was kind of like, like, even now, I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, And so why I'm talking about all of this, long story short, is my birthday was a week ago, I think, as of recording this, no, it was like two weeks ago, whatever, and I turned 19, and the last time I checked, I was turning 15, sitting on the kitchen, sitting on the living room floor with my friends eating Dairy Queen, with putting a party hat on my dog, and I don't know where the time went. I don't know how I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. I don't know I don't know anything. I don't know who this person is because the last time I checked, I was 15, not 19. And it's just bizarre because I feel like I don't know who I am at all. And I know that's pretty normal for a teenager. My brain is still developing, blah 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 blah. blah. 
But it was weird because a part of me always thought you can go back. You can go back in time. You can like, like, like I'll get better and I'll just go back to high school, right? Like I'll get better and I'll just go back and everything will be the way it was. Nothing will have changed. People won't get older. Like I see my peers and they look so much older. They look like adults. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, the last time I saw you, you were shorter than me and I'm five two. And now you're like five eleven. And it's just bizarre. It's such an uncanny valley feeling of like, where am I? I was like, I, I feel shell shocked almost. Like, I've just been kind of disassociating this entire time, right? Like, through all the trauma. Like, when I got my GJ surgery, they did the nerve block like a day after, injecting it right into where the GJ surgery was it was so painful they they thought I almost blacked out they were like my heart rate spiked really really high it was really dangerous um but they were like you know you didn't cry out in pain you weren't saying you were in pain or anything and I don't even remember that day I just remember leaving the building that's what I call this associating for me and I feel like that's been the last four or five years of my life as I've just left the building coasting on surviving and trying to figure out what's going on and now I'm finally getting nutrition I'm finally having complete answers finally having a plan and I'm just sitting here realizing where has my life gone not in a bad way like I don't regret these memories I don't regret these times I've had with my mom and my brother and my friends I don't I don't regret anything but I just I mean I do and I don't I a part of me wants to go back a part of me wishes I was never sick a part of me wishes I could have gone to high school gone to prom gone to all the things, right, like, experienced all the things, and a part of me is glad I didn't, because I don't think I would have liked it, I think I would have gone down a very different path, mentally, but also I'm just kind of sad, right, like, I've missed out on so much, I don't have my high school diploma, I have to do my GED, which is totally fine, every... You don't need your like for what I want to do. I want to go do horseback riding. Like you don't, you know, you don't need these things in life. You'll be okay. I'm not saying anyone who anyone else who drops out of high school, you know, sucks or whatever. You don't. I just, I just don't. I guess I just finally realized like, you can't go back. I can't, like once I'm. We always used to be like, well, when you're better, you can go back, right? Like, oh, well, in a year from now, you can probably do your freshman year, your sophomore year, your senior year, your junior year. I said those out of order. I don't care. But it was always like, oh, well, next year, right? And there is no next year now. I didn't graduate. There is no... Maybe I'll do it next year. And it's brutal. (laughs) I was talking to my therapist about this and she's like yeah it is because I don't want to feel these things I'd rather just go back to disassociating but it's like I can't almost anymore there's nothing to hide from because I'm finally there's no you know I mean I have a lot of doctor trauma and PTSD and all of that but I can't hide from it anymore and it's been so long from not hiding but just not really realizing it it's been so long of doing that now that It's like I'm waking up, finally, and it's horrifying. 
because I'm also realizing all the years the doctors could have done something and they didn't. They could have done one test and they didn't. They could have listened to us and they didn't. And maybe if when I first went to the hospital, they did an MRA or a nerve block or a barium scan or something and they would have seen vascular compressions and then maybe I would have been in high school. Maybe I wouldn't have been ostracized for four years by doctors and told that I have an eating disorder. Maybe it wouldn't have taken us all these years to get me diagnosed with Lyme to a point where, you know, it almost killed me. And I just, it's like so, it's the definition of melancholy, right? Because I'm, I'm not sad. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset about the memories that I created during that time because I had, like I, I mentioned earlier, all these funny memories with my mom. You know, I got to be, my mom is my best friend now, and I don't regret any of the times we had in California. And while my treatment of Lyme, you know, we explored so many places. We found so many new places. We, I, we took my dogs, all these places. But I also, I mean, I found my therapy horses in California. But also, sad. Because, yes, maybe I would have never found the therapy horses. But maybe I would have had the aspect of maybe just a little bit of a normal life. And it's been, I mean, I could talk about how I don't eat now. I mean, I'm completely tube-fed. I drink everything I eat is liquid, and I drain it because it hurts so bad. And it's melancholy because I, I'm not sad that I can't eat anymore because I don't want to because the pain is so bad. But I'm also sad because I'm, I shouldn't be in this place and it's because of doctor neglect that I am. And it's incredibly hard. Because I, more than anything, wanted to not... I never wanted to be here. I always thought, I'm just going to get better. And I, no, I'm pausing right here. I am getting better. It is getting better. You know, I'm not going backwards anymore i'm gaining weight my nutrition's going up i'm getting healthier i'm gonna probably i'm getting mal surgery eventually and that will help you know i have things to look forward to but also i always thought you know oh we'll do this and you'll get better oh i'll get on tpn and i'll get better oh we'll do an nj tube and i'll get better you know i, I never thought or oh, we'll go down to california and you'll start lyme antibiotic protocol and you'll get better I always had hope, and what I was telling my mom is like, I feel like I don't have hope anymore. Not hope that it's not going to get better, I know it's going to get better, but I just don't have the energy to be like, oh, I'll get better soon, because it's just kind of like, I hope I get better soon. And I think it's because it's been such a long road, and so exhausting, of being in this place where I feel like I'm being pulled back and forth and back and forth between being sick and living my life and being sick and living my life and barely being able to live my life because now, I mean, my days are spent, I walk my dog, um, I can make my mom dinner sometimes, but that's kind of it, that's my day, and then I sleep the rest of the day and the night. Like, I just, it's hard because there was a time where I was going to school earlier than school started to be with my friends and then staying after school with sports until the evening. And then some days I would walk my dog after sports and I was constantly moving. And now I'm in a place where 
I can't. And that's part of the thawing too, I think. I can't believe I said unthawing earlier. That's so redundant and stupid of me, okay? You, you can make fun of me right now. Unthawing. Like, just say thawing. Doesn't unthawing, wouldn't that mean I'm freezing? That doesn't even make... Okay, I'm getting off track, sorry. The ADD's kicking in. And that's the other thing too, right? Like, through all of this, I have just... I feel like I've lost a part of myself. And I don't even remember myself, right? Like, I have so much brain fog and so much... I don't even remember who that person was. And I don't even know who I am now. And it's so weird. Like, I've missed... There's one of... There's a really good song that describes how I feel. And it's Taylor Swift's Right Where You Left Me. And it's like, this thing happens to her and she's just frozen in time. There. Did you ever hear about the girl who got frozen? That's the line that I love. And she's just like, I'm still right here where you left me. And that's what it feels like. Because I feel like I'm still right there. In 8th grade. Laughing with my friends. And now I'm here. And I... Don't even know. <laughs> and the hardest part through all of this is like, I would... If I want to get a job. I want to go work. I want to make money. But I can't. Not right now where I am, men phys not mentally, but physically. And that's the other thing too, is you f I feel trapped in my body. Like I'm in, like I feel trapped in my body. That's, if you are chronically ill, you will understand what I'm saying. But I feel trapped in my body. Like I, if this wasn't my body, I would be running around doing all the things in the whole wide world. And it's just hard. It's hard. It's like the realization that I need to heal. I need to take time to grieve what I've lost because I've lost I haven't lost a loved I mean I guess I kind of did lose a loved one I lost myself and I lost myself to being sick all these years and it wasn't I mean I would if anyone is to blame it's the doctors for not diagnosing me and dismissing me and telling me I'm just a girl who needs to eat and stop throwing up mm-hmm I just feel lost and melancholy and sad and i feel like i wanted to talk about this hang on my microphone just dropped i wanted to talk about this because i feel like a lot of people feel this way and i feel really nervous to talk about this right because first of all i don't want to be like everyone should feel this way or everyone feels this way who's sick because you don't have to not at all um but i just feel like sometimes the pressure of being sick, I guess, of like, I could be better, or I could get better, I should get better faster, because I wish that I could. Um, I got my GJ in June, and by my birthday I thought I would be in a much better place. Um, so it's just been really hard acceptance and grief and loss because i don't also i also don't want to accept my situation i still haven't accepted my situation that i'm sitting here with a feeding tube pump connected to my stomach while the water i just well not the water it was juice but the juice that i just drank is draining out next to me um and that i have to take antibiotics through a central line in my chest and hydration I can't and hydration and vitamin infusions 
and I can't just, you know, go to, I don't know, what's a restaurant? So I can't go to just Starbucks, right, and get, like, a sandwich and a venti coffee. Well, I can. I'll drain it out. But I can't just, you know, go there and get, you know, a big drink and a sandwich and eat that and, you know, be fine. And I think that's the even harder part, right, is that you're sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. And that's the hardest part of acceptance is realizing I'm not who I was. And that's okay. But it'll get better. And I promise it will get better. And I have to keep telling myself that because if I don't tell myself that, I don't know who is. Well, my therapist does. My therapist tells me it gets better because she tells me about other patients that she has that have you know, they were stunted too, and I mean stunted in the sense of like, you know, they were 20 and they hadn't graduated high school or whatever, and they're picking their lives back up again because five years later, 25, whatever, so, you know, she tells me about that it's totally normal where I am, especially for how sick I am, and I just, I have to believe sometimes that all of this happened for a reason, and I just also have to believe that it will be okay. And I thought I'd share this because I know some people could relate to this. And I hope you enjoyed this little mini episode I did. This is going to be the first of many. This is kind of my introduction to me. My name is Autumn and I am chronically ill and I don't do anything else. So I thought I might as well just record my rambly ADHD thoughts to someone to maybe listen to so if you listened this far thank you and i hope all the weird noises you've possibly heard didn't distract this also i hope you liked my stern voice because i don't normally talk like this i talk like this so (laughs) i hope you enjoyed and i'm gonna go get some fruit punch yeah see you later (laughs) that's so dumb okay bye (laughs)